going on, Canes fans? Yes, I am back, finally. Yay. You know, the, the boys were back last week. I had to tap out a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Had a little congestion and stuff and get rid of all that goodness in there. Uh, but I'm Brian Monroe, one of your co-hosts on all Canes Radio Podcasts. Harry Platon, how y'all doing? Everybody been good? We're good, man. Missed Family. you. Everybody's good. Yeah, you miss me? Yeah, we, we miss, miss you. you. Yeah. I mean, we missed doing that. shows. You know, it's been like a month and a half. Or yeah, it has been a while. It's been a long time. You it's know, been a so. while. But I already warned you for next week. It's not going to be a Monday. No. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm not showing up. <laughs> I don't understand. You've got to recover. That's National Hangover Day. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It should be a holiday. At 1 o'clock, you, you're not ready to go? Hell no. Man, like the weak. whole day you're done? The he's whole weak. day. I'm old, weak. man. Weak. I'm old. Weak. I'm going to... It's the last time I like drink for a while, too, remember, so I'm going to enjoy oh, it. Oh, is that what it is? You're gonna, yeah. You're yeah, gonna yeah go then he's got to get that beach body. Yeah, I got to get back in shape. Back to the boat body? Speaking of the boat, how's John's boat coming along? We don't want to talk about that <laughs> right now. <laughs> we don't want to talk <laughs> no, about that right now. But the boat festival is coming up right now. The boat show, whatever yeah, it's called. Art show. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Good times in Miami. Next week. That's what we love it. Truck race. Yeah, now you guys can go to that monster truck. You baseball starts next week? I'm there for the milkshakes. That's what I'm there for. The alumni game is Saturday night. They got milkshakes? The yeah. On a Saturday? Saturday night? Saturday night? No, never Every mind. night. No, not Saturday. Six o'clock. No, I can't do that on Saturday. No. What's got different things to do. <laughs> you know, it's Miami. You, always, you know what I'm you saying? You always have something to do. Yeah, you know. Any new hot uh, restaurants you've been eating at? <sighs> Newest restaurant in Miami that's the hottest? Um, no. Well, um, Sushi Fly Chicken. That's a new spot on South Beach. Pretty dope. Thursday nights, nice little party, some right. chicks. You yeah. know, you'd have a good time, Mary. Sure. You got to sure do it. Would. Yeah, exactly. You know, we got to do it. Let me know when you're going again. I'll meet you there. I got you. We'll do another <laughs> Prime 112 night. Hey, that was that was a fun night. That was pretty good. You know, our guest today might have the best uh, emoji nickname of all time, of all the hurricanes that have come through. Because I don't know who else has emoji for himself, you know? <laughs> That says a lot. That says a lot. Yeah, Joining absolutely. us today, uh, I'm not going to call him a defensive back. I'm going to call him an athlete because he's a return specialist. He came out being a running back, a DB. You know, he's got the best return probably of all time at the U. Sorry, DH. Of, I was going to say probably one of the greatest plays of all time. Oh, 100%. For sure. I mean, yeah. it had I mean, to make top 10. It was a return, but it was just one of those plays that you can see over and over and over again. Even though Mark Walton's knee was down, we won't even talk about it that. It was not down. <laughs> ball was coming out. <laughs> there was, was it? Ball. Yeah, man. You sure? I, I could have yeah. slid this under his leg. All right, ball well, was coming out. Well, we're going we're gonna to ask the man himself, Corn Elder. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Man, we doing good. But let me ask you a question. Was Mark Walton's knee down? Nah. Okay, uh, okay. Ref ain't call it down, so he wasn't down. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Did y'all go into the meeting room the next day and look at the film and be like, yeah, we got away with that one? <laughs> I mean, no. But, I mean, you go back and watch the play, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in that play, but, you know. There's a lot going Happens. on with that. Well, you know, walk me through that play. Wait, 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 let's go back. Because when I see a flag and Miami's on the field, oh, I'm boy. always thinking it's going to go against Miami. 100%. You know, and, and and then when you see oh, a yeah, play, sure. there is no flag. And it's like, well, wait, they, he just ripped his jersey off. So where's the flag? So when I saw that play, after getting up off the ground from almost fainting at it, you know, and then I see there's a flag. I go, oh, yeah, this ain't going to happen. You know, so it was kind of cool. After ten minutes, they finally go. Touchdown, Miami. I remember exactly where I was for that play, I do too. too. I was at a yeah. good Halloween party. It was a Halloween, yes. and, and, and me and my boy, Souls by Sir, we were going to um, we're going to Bodega, and, you know, they scored, and we're like, damn it. So we just left the spot we were at, 
and we're walking and there was a bar and we're like, all right, let's just watch the kickoff. You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll get a return. And we're just in the middle of the street. It's probably about a good six Miami fans watching. They're like, go, go, go. Oh shit! <laughs> and we just started going nuts. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a great time. And I was. I dressed. get goosebumps just talking about the play. Yeah, honestly. I just got it too as yeah, well. Kinda... Does that give you goosebumps thinking about it right now? Oh yeah, for sure. That was that was special. Like, I mean, you you never think you'll see that play in person, let alone be a part of it. So it was definitely. Now is that something, something you crazy. guys practiced like that, or in any form, or just kind of? No, nah, so so that week, the first the first throw, we had that built in the return. Like we practiced that during the week, but after that first throw, it was just trying to keep the ball alive. Backyard football. And corn, did you ever? Yeah. Where, you ever have a Duke teammate uh, after you went in? Uh, now in the league that you. You can maybe talk a little trash to about that play, or do other players on on you know now that you're in the league bring that play up uh, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some uh, some players definitely bring it up. Uh, it pops up on social media all the time, yeah. so a lot of people bring it up. But um, I know McCaffrey, his brother was on the Duke team, uh-huh. and we talked about it when uh, we was both in Carolina. And he was like, man, my brother was mad as hell and all this. So <laughs> we, definitely, we definitely talked about it. I love it. I love it. So you came out of Tennessee. You know, you were back-to-back Mr. Tennessee, one of the best running backs to come out of Tennessee. That's that's the heart of SEC country. You know, you know why Miami? Uh, I mean, growing up, Miami was my favorite school, obviously. I mean, I'm sure it was a lot of kids' favorite school. Um, I loved the Hurricanes growing up and – when I had an opportunity to go to uh, go down there, I was like, hey, it's my dream, so let's do it. Now, who recruited you? That was the Al Golden years? My, my, yeah, right? uh, Hurley Brown recruited me. Okay. Good old Coach Brown. Coach Brown. Uh-huh. Kane himself. You know, I, I, I always hear, you know, mixed emotions when it comes to the Al Golden coaching tree years and stuff like that. You know, how was it in the locker room with Al Golden and those coaches at that time? Um, I mean, the players. I mean, we all had a we had a, we all had a great uh, brotherhood. Um, some of my best friends was there, obviously. Now, um, I don't know. It's kind of up in the air, you know. It was a different vibe. Uh, we had some good memories. Obviously, we had some bad bad memories as well. So. I mean, it's it's hard to really say like how the locker room really was, honestly. Because you guys, but came as in, players, you know, all the players we was together, regardless. Yeah, you guys are always gonna be brothers. Because when you came in, you guys were freshman year nine and four, I believe. Yeah, we started off seven and zero. Oh, then yeah. So nine and four, and I think it was like a seven and six type ish. Six and, and seven. Six and seven, seven and six, mm-hmm. and then Mark Rick, I think, came in on your your senior year. My senior year, yeah, and, and we won the uh, bowl game. And won the bowl game against West Virginia. You know, so I was yeah. I was wonder that with players because when I played, you know, we started off my freshman year, two thousand three, you know, tops of the top. We had great players the whole nine yards, and then my senior year, we were seven and six and won the Blue Turf Bowl. You know, so yeah. everyone always asked like, well, how's the coaching staff and stuff? And you know, for us, I think that we had a lot of chiefs. You know, as they say in the uh, in the tribe, where we had so many coaches that thought I should be the guy. I should be leading us. Yeah. I've been here for so long. 
you know, then those guys left and you bring in a whole new crew and everyone's kind of like, mm, kind of like my guy that's been here for 20 years and stuff like that. And the, yeah. the adaption uh-huh. and everything and looking from the outside in, I thought you guys had one of the best offensive, you know, prowess we've had in years, probably since the Dorsey years. But with D'Onofrio, it was kind of like, yo, shootout city. Right? What are we doing here? Like it's fourth and one. Why is your linebacker seven yards? Yeah. Off the you know, so I always wanted the perspective of how how you guys portray Al Golden because I, you know, I hear he was a great dude. And he was, you know, got the big old notebook about all his plays and everything, what he's going to do to bring back to you and stuff like that. But from the outside mm-hmm. looking in, it's kind of like, you ain't a Miami dude. You're like Penn State dude, you know, wearing a tie and white tee on the side. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, especially on defense, we were really talented. But I don't think we used our talent like, you know, at our strength. Like I don't think our defense, the defense we ran, matched who we had on the team. So how was that? Sure. How was that transition then with Coach Rick and Manny Diaz coming in? More aggressive for sure. Uh, it was different. Um, like when Coach Rick came in, he was a lot more strict. You know, obviously. You know, he want to come in and change the culture and everything. So I think, like, the first couple of weeks, a lot of players, like, hated it, especially, like, the weight room and stuff. Like, it was a complete different change. Like, with Coach Swayze, I mean, we worked. We worked. But we had a lot of fun. You know, we was always in there joking. Swayze would get in there tell us a story about, you know, the old days, whatever. But when Coach Rick came, it was more like, straight to business like boom 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 we in the in in and out you know what i'm saying so i think a lot of players at the beginning didn't really like it or whatever uh we actually had a few people quit but all in all i think it was good um for the program a little bit you know at the beginning obviously the next year after my senior year um you know they climbed all the way up top two in the country or whatever so I think he definitely changed the culture a little bit, and it was a different different vibe with Coach Rick. But I don't know. It's hard. What, what like, was we the had change, a, Corn? What was the change, Corn, in the culture? Like, what what would you say? What was the biggest thing that needed to be changed, maybe from, from you know, from going from Al Golden's years to Coach Rick? Yeah, I think, I think it was uh, more about discipline, honestly. I think Coach Rick came in and, like, you know, obviously coming from Georgia, being a winning coach, you know, it kind of, he came in there, laid the ground rules, and everybody, you know, followed it. Everybody had the, you know, he changed the culture. But with Coach, coach Golden, it was a lot more laid back, honestly. A lot more laid back. Uh, you can see it on the field, you know. Coach Rick came in, everybody in uniform, no sleeves, everybody wearing the same thing. Golden, it was more free, like swag up, wear what you want. So I think that was that was one of the big differences because Rick really like turned us into like a real team for real. I think it's a unique perspective because right now we're going through the same exact thing. I think that this mm-hmm. is going to be that shock value that these young men are going to get right now with Coach Cristobal because he is a no nonsense guy. Is going to be work, work, yeah. work, and the fun mm-hmm. the fun's going to come later once the winning happens. That's when the yeah, fun comes. That's but when the fun comes. Yeah. Exactly. The, the, there needs to be that culture change because, like you mentioned, it was kind of a little bit lax with Al Golden. I think the same thing with Manny Diaz. There wasn't that accountability 
at the end mm-hmm. when someone would jump offside, someone would miss a um, class, and they still played. It's like yeah. you can't have that and be successful in college football. Just not no, going to happen. Think, you know, Coach Rick, and then also with Mario, you know, you've got guys with experience as a head coach at the highest level. And, and so, you know, you had Golden. He did have head coaching, but it was Temple. And then you had Manny that never had ho- head coaching. Well, head he had, coaching, he had you, two you, weeks at Temple. Well, yeah, we, we, <laughs> but never, never calling <laughs> plays on the field. But, no, you're right. It, discipline is something that when you're trying to get 11 guys on a side to work in unison, it takes a lot. Because you see it on Sunday, you see it on Saturday. There's always going to be mistakes. It's almost impossible to play a perfect down even, you know, without somebody screwing up. So if you don't take it serious when you're practicing, then you're sure not going to take it serious in a game or it's not going to perform as well in a game. Oh, for sure. So I know that one of the things when you talked about the game, you know, with the lateral and stuff, that was a huge game because Golden had just got let go the week before. Right. Now you had Coach Mm -hmm. Scott taking over. You had – I, I can't even think of the player's mother that passed away that same week, right? Artie. Artie. Yeah, and then, oh, you know, Malik mm-hmm. was filling in to play for Brad. For Brad. Yep. So, I mean, there was yep. all these things going like there's Jeez. no way, you know. And quite honestly, we, we beat the hell out of him in that game, but the refs weren't helping us during the game. No. I mean, I don't think that guy ever scored at the end. No, okay? he didn't. But He didn't. He in, didn't. In any he case, to, to see a team – and we kind of saw this past year, you know, with the team when they were down and they came back and won all those games at the end, where you guys stuck together as a unit and you performed for Coach Scott the whole time that he was there. And, and it says a lot about the players, you know, to be able to step up and do that under times of a lot of stress and, and disparity and everything else. So I, I give credit to that group of kids that year. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot all about that. I mean, shoot, that's like us going to Duke after everyone got suspended after the fight. But you know, <laughs> you know, that's a different story. But, you, you know, know? corn. Uh, yeah, that was that was a rough week for sure. Yeah, for sure. What What do you remember most from that week? Because there were so many transitions. I mean, you you, you lose your coach. You have a, a a close teammate of yours, mother pass. You, you don't have your starting quarterback. What What do you remember most from that week? Man, really everything. You know, from. The day uh, Coach Golden got fired, you know, we was um, the day after the game. You know, we got meetings and stuff, go over the game, and we normally would have a team meeting first, but they put the team meeting last. So you know, we go through meetings, and they just kept pushing the team meeting back. So everybody was like, "Man, something ain't right." Mm-hmm. And then uh, getting the team meeting, and then Blake James come in, and then he let us know, and then that was just all crazy. And then the very next day, um, was it the next day or that night? Either one, I don't know. But um, Artie was my roommate. And then we get the call, uh, the call about his mom. And we all, everybody go to the hospital. And we there, you know, we there all night, basically. And then, you know, we go through the week, practice. Then we get to the game. And like you said, the refs wasn't, they wasn't helping us at all. I think we broke a record for penalties that game. And then just how everything happened at the end, uh, even that last touchdown, like we was like, we know he didn't get in the game. And I think that last drive, I had I had like two pass interference calls that really wasn't pass interference. So I was already mad about that. And I'm like, dang, like, I don't even want to go in this last play. Like, and then just the play happened and everything. And then even after that, we still waiting on them to like 
we got a penalty, of course. Of course, it's a penalty. So we still waiting to see like what's gonna happen next. Then say we won, and then that was just that just capped off a, a crazy week for real. Like that was like the best ending to that week, honestly. I know that plane ride was home was fun. Oh, I'm sure. Man, what, <laughs> what was the vibe was. though of the team corn when Blake James announced that? I mean. To me, yes. I, to me, oh, my bad. To me, it's it, you know how how do people react? It's your coach. It's the guy that recruited you. To me, I feel like if 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 Coach Golden fired D'Onofrio, he probably would have saved his own neck and his own job. But he was so, um, uh, uh you know, uh, he was married to D'Onofrio. Basically, it was mm-hmm. it's his boy, and and he and and he didn't so. end up doing it. What was the vibe of the team? Was it a sense of relief, or was it? What would you say? Um, it was, it was mixed emotions in lock in the, in the, in the meeting. Um, I know some players were like happy. Right. And then some players, you know, were definitely upset. Um, I don't really necessarily think like the players that were happy were like, you know, happy that he got fired, like the person, but I mean, some people just didn't, didn't vibe with him as a coach as a coach and obviously he wasn't winning. So a lot of people felt like it was time for change. And like you said, I mean, I feel like if he would have, uh, definitely if he would have changed coordinators on defense, he probably would have still been there. Well, 100%. The other thing that's always scary is when there's a change, is the grass greener on the other side? Who's right. that new guy coming in? Am I going to mm-hmm. play for his scheme or am I going to get a you know a chance or whatever? Because some guys that weren't getting a chance may feel great because they're going to get a chance now. And the other guys <laughs> that you know were the guy say, oh, I might lose my opportunity. So that unknown is always kind of scary as well, you know. It is, but you know what Corn mentioned earlier is that you know that that toughness that Coach Rick brought in that accountability because a lot of times when you have guys and coaching staffs that are just lackadaisic and oh I, I know I got my spot I'm cool I don't got to work as hard mm-hmm. you know but now you bring in that competition that we need and we always had at the U that says that yeah I don't I don't care if you know I'm a freshman and you're you're a junior. I'm taking your spot. I don't care what you did last week. You know, let's they, play. This it is literally this, this is game. It's week to week. And every time we always talk to former players, Santana Moss, all the guys that we talked to talking about, I know that Reggie's right there and this guy's right there. And if I take one, you know, playoff, my spot could be gone. And they, you need that. You need to have competition week in and week yeah. out to compete at the Absolutely. highest level in college football. Yeah, and that, that definitely showed that first week. Like I said, we had like four or five players quit. And a couple of us on scholarship just because, like, you know, it was different. And we had to work harder. And, like, I think a lot of people were happy when uh, Coach Rick got, got hired because, you know, obviously he's he's a winner. So we wanted to win. So I know I was happy. I was, you know, we had a couple players, uh, me, um, Stacy, Artie, uh, Quan. You know, we're all juniors contemplating, you know, maybe leaving early or whatever. And I think with Coach Rick coming, I think that definitely helped with uh, with a few players for sure. And you see the names that he just mentioned. It's not like we lacked talent because obviously a lot of these guys are still in the NFL. It's just mm-hmm. something that he said. If you just switch defensive coordinators, if you took your best friend and moved him out of the position and brought in somebody else, this team would have well, been just, just competing. run a different scheme. I don't we, care who the we, coordinator. We had a hell of an offense those what? years that people don't remember. I mean, Amazing. People don't remember that those offenses were scoring like crazy. 
But yeah. but it was the defense was was uh terrible. Was the, <laughs> terrible. Go ahead and say it. Terrible. Well, terrible. Hey, the, the players <laughs> the players were very were. I'm not taking anything away from the players because, like you said, we had talent no, we on get, that defense. You but, got talent, but the scheme was terrible. Right, and you, you move a guy like Chicolo, you move him inside. Yeah. You you do those things that just didn't didn't <laughs> make sense. You take a five star three four outside linebacker and make him a D tackle, and as soon as he gets to the NFL, what do they say? Oh, yeah. Just cut some weight. You're going to start as an outside linebacker. Exactly. And guess and what he did? And he started as an outside linebacker. And he had a solid four or five but, year career. But, but also, you know, you talked about depth. Because of depth, Anthony had to play out of position early because they didn't have bodies. You know, and that was kind of the problem. On nah, defense. man, no, no. They moved him inside. I remember, and he was reluctant to move inside. Oh. Remember his dad. He, his dad. No, and, 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 but, but he shouldn't have played as a freshman either. Yeah, of course. You, most dudes should have never played as a freshman. But unfortunately, as far as stacking talent and right. keeping that competition, and that's, we haven't that's done a great key. job. That's the key. You have to have that key. Absolutely. I mean, listen, you talk about back in the day. I remember, I'll give an example, John Beeson came in as a safety. He was fifth on the depth chart as a freshman behind Sean Taylor, Brandon Merriweather, Greg Three. Like, you ain't seeing the field. Like, right. get in your playbook, right. hit the weight room, and compete in practice and move your way up. Your day will be. We got to bring that back. You know, there's the reason why a guy like Corn Elder is still in the NFL. A guy like Muhammad is still in the NFL. Duke Johnson. These are the guys that you see that compete week in and week out in practice, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's given to me. I'm going to earn it. And those are the guys that always rise to the top. We just need to be able to say, instead of having one corner on the cob, we needed a whole field back there on defense, you know? <laughs> but Yeah, um, man, it was crazy because when I, when I first got in, uh, and they switched me to corner. I had never played corner before, so it was definitely like I'm like, man, this this different. But I mean, I'm a competitor, so I did whatever. I mean, I played as a freshman. Um, I don't I don't know if I should have played as a freshman, honestly. But you know, but was that because I there was, was just a lack position. of lack of talent at that point, or the bodies, so they needed you to be there? Ah. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm not even gonna say lack of talent. I mean, because we had on our team. I mean, I think we had five corners. They all played in the league. Um, they rotated. You know, we had LG uh, Gunt. Uh, we had Tracy, yeah. Artie, uh, Antonio Crawford, and you know everybody played in the league at some point. So got talent. Just, yeah, we had talent for was, sure. Was it injuries, depth, coaches, coaches? He's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> If you look at our defense uh, what? from those days, we had we had we had a lot of players. Uh, Dion, Still and Lee, Rayshon. Yeah, talent DP. everywhere. Frustrating. You know, we had, we had a lot of guys. This is frustrating. Well, Corn, what was then the difference? Because because from... you you transitioned to the Manny Diaz defense, right? You had the opportunity mm -hmm. to play one year under that defense. What yeah. would you say was the biggest difference between? Between those two defenses, then I mean, obviously one is was far more uh, aggressive. Um, yeah. But maybe outside of that, maybe not even so much schematically. What would you say was the big biggest difference? Um. Well, the biggest difference, honestly, is the aggression. Uh. But I would say I th I think Coach Diaz he brought he brought like a a mentality a different mentality. Uh, you know, when he first came in, that's when the whole 86 game uh, started, you know, for the defense, be like the the 86, uh, the 86 team. And I think he brought a different mentality. Um, he was definitely 
he was hard. He was hard on you. Uh, Coach Diaz, he, he held the defense accountable. I remember when he first got there, like the first week of like uh, mat drills, I was sick. Like I had the flu, so I was throwing up and stuff, but I was still out there. And I wasn't like, I obviously wasn't doing well because I could barely breathe. And like, he was on me hard, like, like I wasn't sick. And then I, and once I got healthy, you know, I was, I was good. You know, I was at the front and everything. So just stuff like that. If you mess up, he was gonna let you know in, in the meeting room, like in front of everybody. And I think he, he, he brought a more, more accountability, and I think people respected him more. I know when we. I know a couple of times in the D'Onofrio meetings, you know, you have players arguing with him. Remember one time player got into it with him. He was like, well, you just running defense. The player got up there and was like, shit. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was, it was stuff like that. Like, what? man, it was just a lot of, lot of, lot of different stuff going on then. Um, but I think when Coach, Coach Rick and Coach Diaz came, like, it was more, more respect because – I mean, Coach Diaz got rid of some players. Obviously, uh, he was he didn't tolerate a lot of the BS that that happened before before him. So, I think that was one of the biggest one of the biggest differences accountability. That's interesting because then when Coach Diaz became head coach, one of the reasons that you know I think we've all heard uh, uh, that he was eventually. Um, fired was because he was too lax on the players and there wasn't yeah. enough accountability um so it's interesting to hear that at least on the defensive side he held you guys accountable uh for those years but you know maybe things change when you become a head coach yeah. i don't know well i i'm i'm gonna give you my honest opinion opinion i don't even think i think i mean you can put some of it on Codia think a lot of time like it's it's some of the players you know a lot of those a lot of players like these days I mean I have a brother that's that's 21 and like just like seeing him and like his friends a lot of like kids today like they can't take coaching they can't take hard coaching and I think like I don't know I think Coach Diaz kind of like he kind of lacks on the players because of that which I mean, you shouldn't do, but I, like the generation today, like you yell at them and like they just, you know, they shut down See, or they no. don't, they don't want to listen. And I think that's and, like, but I, I like the fact about the generation. I mean, today, how, you know, he's just a young kid. Corn, how old are you, Corn? I'm 27. Okay, you see that right there? He's 27, and he's talking about a generation yeah. of players right now. When I say it, I'm an old man screaming on the porch, <laughs> and he's only 27 years old, but yeah. the 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds are completely different. The generation, I could never be a coach in this generation. Well, now, think about <laughs> it now. Corn, we got the transfer portal, and we got NIL. By the way, you would have made a yeah. hell of a lot of money with that play or the NIL. Deal. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we, need, we needed that. And a corn, but the corn deal too, man. That's yeah, you probably get a big jolly green giant <laughs> oh, with corn. Saying. Oh man, it's he'd so be it's so marketable, right? Like, right. and I think that's what kids don't understand. It's like it doesn't matter. Oh, okay, cool. I got. I'm on. I'm on social media. Like, no one. You have to ball first. You have to ball. That's the only first thing you have to do. Ball, and the deals will come to you. But also, you have to be a marketable person. If I put a mic in front of you, you go, uh, well, we hey, we got guys. What's up, Miami? Deals that I don't think have done anything except been on a team. Yeah, but all they do is post on. Okay. They don't. They don't market themselves. So of course you're gonna get but, a couple hundred bucks. You said a second ago to be a coach today, 
No. It's a whole new thing. No, no, I would, I, would, I would get a, and with I'd get arrested. transfer portal. Because like I said, you recruit a kid to come to your school. Now you got to recruit him to stay every year. Yeah. And now you can get yep. him an NIL deal, or he gets an NIL deal, and the next year he goes to another school because he gets a better NIL deal. But, Corn, then with this generation, you know, you see a coach like Coach Saban who, who's a hard ass, and you see other coaches, yeah. and Mario Cristobal it, it, it seems to be a hard ass. How do, how do they get then these players, this generation of players, to actually – play and 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 take that coaching well i mean you have to one you have to stay like you can't change up like you just have to stay on it like i mean then eventually you're gonna you're gonna have the kids that's that wants it and i think i think i mean i just think like a lot of it's certain coaches that the that gets more respect than others like when you hear, I haven't I haven't met Cristobal, but like when you hear him talk, like you watch his interviews, it's like, yeah, <laughs> like this guy, he he got it. You know what I'm saying? Like he not BSing. Like he's got it. You just like he got the little the deep voice. Like you hear him, you like yeah, he know what he doing. And I think that's just I think that's just certain um certain certain coaches that's just like that. And he's one of those guys that I don't think there's a player on that team that'll outwork him. Hell no. The man don't sleep. <laughs> I listened to his the interview he had about interviewing coaches. Yeah, and I was tired listening to thinking it. about what that coach had to go through to get it to even walk out of that room. But you're talking ten hours later type of thing. But that's the thing when you cut your teeth in, in coaching, right? Right. Like you learn. Manny never cut his teeth with the team he cut it with us, but he was able to go from FIU, which was a shit show. And then brought them to, uh, you know, a, a bowl Their game. Their first ever bowl and still winning. got fired. Exactly. Then he went to <laughs> Thanks, Nick Saban and learned from the best. Then he went to, you know, Oregon. Then he became a head coach at Oregon. He learned every single right. little detail right. that and you need to weed everything important. out. And now you look at, we just hired Kevin Steele. Obviously, one of the best experienced DCs we've had in the SEC. Then you went and got Gaddis, who just won the Broles Award. Then you went and just poached the guy from Georgia who was at West Virginia the year before that had the number one pass defense. Like, there's levels to this shit. Right. You know, and yeah. just the balls, that right. guy that's going and to be very meticulous with details, and boy, he's going to give you the business. And when you give him a wallet full of money to oh. go out and spend it, he's spending it wisely. He, yeah, he doing, oh, yeah, he, for sure. He's doing a good job. Now we just need the fans to pack Hard Rock, you know what I'm saying? Because well, I'm hearing good things about th tickets. Th this Tropical Park Stadium ain't going to be anytime soon for all you fans listening. <laughs> I, think, I think this, this you know, fairy tale yeah, stadium. Man, we need, is we need be. the fans to pack it out. That's sure. it. I mean, Corn, Corn, let me ask you from your perspective does it matter that, does it matter to you as the player? that we play in Hard Rock Stadium, that it's 10 miles or 20 miles away from campus or whatever. Like, is that what matters? Or just, I don't care where I'm playing. As long as I got uh, fans in the stands, that's what yeah, matters. I mean, me personally, the stadium is fine. I mean, I mean, it's it's a little little job, but hell, you drive that. You get People police, drive that far. You got a police escort. It doesn't far. really matter, right? Yeah, but I mean, I just, I just hate that. I love our fan base so much. I just hate that they be so loud on Twitter, but they don't be coming to the games. Like, mm. yeah, that's, when I play, I mean, Florida State, that was like the only game that you was packed, right? And that's not right. Like, well, you know, the, if you're gonna support the players, support the players. Don't give your opinion if you're not gonna support their whole. Their whole and concept that's, that's is if we win, opinion. we'll come. Well, winning helps when you have a full house and you have that twelfth man. Yeah. 
you know, giving your team that kind of noise and, and support. And, you know, when you traveled as a team and you went to these stadiums that had 80,000, 50,000, 60,000 people and you saw that, everybody out tailgating stuff, I mean, there's a little bit of jealousy you get when you see that because you realize that Miami's not set up because it's not on campus, but B, that, you know, for a lot of games, they didn't have a lot of people. I, I think cam- I personally don't think campus has anything to do with it because no. you see the basketball team. We've had an on-campus arena, and nobody goes to those games. You can't even sell no. out eight thousand tickets. Okay, so being by, on by the campus, way, we can't get we can't get approval for the other two thousand seats. That we were well, there you go. But being on campus, being on campus is meaningless. And actually, oh. our fan base is so is. spread out between Miami Dade, mm-hmm. Broward, and Palm Beach. That the location of Hard Rock is actually pretty damn good because it's in the middle of everyone. Yeah. And you'll mm-hmm. get people from Palm Beach to drive down. Look, at the end of the day, if a guy wants to build a stadium and we can go use it and we can no, make that's more money fine, than we're making. That, but no, but that's fine. But that's not the problem. And I think Corn even said, I'll, I'll, I don't care where the where the, where the the stadium is. Just, get, fill it up. just right. get fans in and the seats. And you want our fans in the seats, not yeah. somebody else's. Mm-hmm. What yeah, would you and say? fans, I mean, fans definitely play a part. I mean, you go out there and you see your stadium lit with – with all your fans, like, you're going to feel it a little bit more. Like, it's going to give you a little bit more energy. And, I mean, I don't think fans really realize that. But, well, like, that's going to – you of see all those guys fans, that's going to get you ready. used to talk about going on, you know, on the road to those big packed houses, and that fired them up because they liked everyone calling them names that, yeah, we're going to show you. But to have 80,000, 100,000 people, and I remember going to Penn State, it's like, yep. dude, there's a lot of people here, yeah. and it's loud. But when we scored and shut them down, it got real quiet. You said, how did that many people be that quiet? And what was, what was cool. the toughest spot you played in, away away stadium, would you say, Corn? Um, Definitely Florida State. Nah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. Yeah, that annoying <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. annoying like, hell. <laughs> definitely I mean, it, Florida it's State. Annoying, but I was, it's also uh, kind of like Nebraska was, shut a, that was a good one, too. Nebraska. Yeah, that one was a good one, too. That's right. You did play in Nebraska. Yeah. Man, them rednecks mm-hmm. ain't got nothing else to do. They better show up to the game. <laughs> Man. Man, corn in right. the corn country. Man, they get like 80,000 for their spring game. What else are you going to do? Feel right. the dreams? Georgia had 80,000 for their celebration up there. They haven't won since the 80s. I yeah. understand that, but still 80,000 <laughs> for a celebration. No, and I, that's I, not. I, they better. They better. But, but like, listen, they better. They, no, they, they, they fill up their stadium for a home right. game. There better be. We would have yeah. that in the streets of Miami yeah, if we had a parade. You, yeah, totally. Easy. Well, we, we had a parade. It was pretty good downtown Miami. We would have they easy had a parade that much. Too, you easily have 80,000 yeah. in a parade. Yeah. I don't think that that's that big of a deal, honestly. The fact that they had 80,000, they it, 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 the stadium should have been sold out. Yeah. Well, they, they had a e-ticket. It wasn't a cost ticket, but it, so they sold out of the 92, okay? There were people that came into town that didn't have a ticket that just celebrated okay. and was part As of they the should. parade room, yeah. which they did. Which I mean, haven't won since 84. You should have seen what yeah. they were selling up there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh Shit. What else you celebrated? A SEC East Championship? Right. They celebrated that, too. Yeah, you ain't got nothing else to do either. either. What? All Stone I, Mountain, all Georgia? All I'm saying is that's a fan base. That's, I mean, because look. Yeah, no, 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 but I don't no, agree no, with you no, on that. All of Miami would have showed up no, if no, we no, won no, the no. national well, championship. Yeah, we're always going to do that when we win. Yeah. But we talked about a second ago. we got to start putting 40,000, 50,000 every game, and your wins are going to come, 
and people are going to do it. We can't always. You got to put a good product on the field for people to show well, up. And we've had decent products but off and on. Listen, I looked. I, I looked. Defense. I looked back at the stats of our 2001 national championship, and we had over 60,000 one game. Yeah. Right. Well, in the Orange always, Bowl, the right? Which, which what, held 80,000. And what 000. I was going to say is because we have a small student body and because we have a small alumni base based on that, we're never going to be able to compete with the Floridas and the Georgias no. and the Texas and the Michigans. But, but compete how? With that atmosphere of no, 80,000, 90,000 people. I, 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 our stadium fits 65. We should fill it. Yeah, and if well, you look at 2017 when we packed it, when we packed yeah. it, it was amazing. We were winning. Yeah. We were, it was rocking. It was rocking. But, but. It took a great season and a great opponent in Notre Dame. Yeah, but V Tech was packed too, though. Yep, yep. Again, all great black. Se- but Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Florida State, Florida—those are those teams that are fans. When we're playing Pittsburgh with a quarterback that's been around for but, seven but years, listen, we don't. We look know at that's it. not going to happen because yeah. it's Miami. Right. Exactly. Pittsburgh at yeah. noon, nobody's showing up. And I'm going. I mean, to and, and are you okay with that, Corn? Like, are you okay? Like, you go into that game expecting, all right, it's a Saturday noon game versus Pitt. We know they're going to be barely thirty thousand here. Well, you shouldn't be okay. Um, but you I mean, it's it. expected. Yeah. It's expected. I mean, it's it's so much to do in Miami, so it's expected. But I mean, you would definitely love for the fans to come, but you don't really get your hopes up too much. You know, it's always that argument. Honestly. There's other things to do. Wait a second. If this is your team, if Miami's my team, there's six, seven home games a year. I can play golf. I can go boating. I can go swimming. I can go to the beach on Sunday. I could take Friday off and go then. If your your team's playing six times at home, you make you don't go to weddings, you don't go on trips, you stay you home. You don't go to weddings. Huh? Yeah, well, you don't plan the wedding. I mean, <laughs> Jeez, unless damn. it's your, how many unless it's your wedding, well, I'm not that. sure you have much of a get, uh, of a say in that I'm one. Just saying, when someone invites you to a wedding and it's like Florida State Week, you're going, dude. Do you understand what Saturday is? It's you Florida sure you're still weekend. married? But no. But well, I got married in November. Okay, <laughs> all, right, so, yeah. all right, Harry. It's your best friend. He's getting married, and it's Florida State weekend, and you're not going. Well, Give I'm me not a break. You're not going, Give but I'm just break. saying that it. Give I know many break. people, and I've done it myself. I've been to weddings, and I've either had a radio plug. Oh, in my I've ear, done that too. But or I'm the there. little, the little portable oh, TV yeah. under my jacket. Well, I'm now, sitting there now, watching now the game. Now you got the phone. Yeah. I was even videoing weddings with that in my ear. <laughs> oh, you know? man. So, Corey, let me ask you one more question about, about attendance and stuff like that. Was that a transition? Because I know you got drafted the Carolina Panthers, and they show up every damn game. They're nuts. How was it knowing that when you went to Carolina games that no matter what, it was going to be packed? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was fun, man. Like, playing in front of a big crowd, like, that always gets me going. Like, I mean, I'm going to get going regardless, but – like just playing in front of, of like a big crowd, it just it feels different, and you know it, it's been cool. Um, I mean, most of the most of the games I played in in the NFL, they're packed. Like, especially if you play like certain teams because their fans travel. I mean, we played the Cow- Cowboys in oh, Carolina, geez. and it was all Cowboy fans. So, I mean that that I mean that helps a lot. Like, just playing in front of a big crowd, like, it just – it feels good. You know what I'm saying? So what was the biggest transition from you for college game to the NFL game? You know, people say, oh, the game's faster or you have more free time or there's no coaches on top of you. They're just going to find you. Like, what was your hardest transition or was it just a smooth transition for you? Um, It was a pretty smooth transition, but I think the biggest difference was the, um, the quarterbacks. Um. Like, you really, like, have to, like, 
one step too slow and they're catching the pass. Like I remember like my first practice, um Geo Greg, he ran an out and I thought I jumped it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm about to pick this. And that motherfucker just right past me. I'm like, sheesh. Like, <laughs> that was like the biggest, like the biggest difference. And you also you have a lot of free time. Uh especially after after your first year, like that first off season, like you have so much free time. Um just like just trying to balance like when I'm gonna train, when I'm gonna, you know, relax, take my vacations. So I think that's like the biggest difference. You don't gotta worry about class, you don't gotta worry about school and nothing. But I mean it's it's I mean, it's the best the best business business in the world. Like I'm just, you know, like right now, I just been chilling. Don't have nothing to do right now. So just a lot a lot of time to really enjoy yourself. You go up to you can go to Sip Charlotte and Lost and Found and what Cowfish, I think the yeah. restaurant we went to up there and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Charlie used to be my city, boy. I used to run that thing sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You run nah, whatever Charlotte, city you're in. Charlotte's dope. Wow. We, you know, we had a good time when we went up there for the AC tournament. Oh, we yeah, had a nice yeah. party, you know, at the one club, and then we went to John's after party. Yeah, and no, it, listen, it was, Charlotte's a great city. I mean, I Dee Lewis hooked us up up there. Yeah, I mean, when, when John got there, more, uh, Dan Morgan was there, and D. Lewis was, was with the Carolina Panthers. So we already had some canes there, so it showed him where to buy a house and everything else, but it was strange coming from Miami where everyone's a little bit rude down here, you know, and you go to Charlotte and all of a sudden <laughs> you're driving and people are honking. You're like, damn, what are you honking me for? And they're just waving. Hey, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hey, hell? Your, your gas tank's open. You it's know? blowing gas down uh, the highway. You, you hold the door yeah. and they say, thank you very much. Right. How's your day going? I'm like, holy shit. Am I in the twilight zone? This is different, <laughs> but definitely no, it's, it's Charlotte is, it's a great city. Definitely. I could definitely live there. You you had a couple uh, teammates that were also Hurricanes, uh, Corn, and your time in Charlotte. How was that? How was that um, sharing the locker room with some guys that, that you you went to school with? Oh yeah, that's always fun, man. You know, you get into a lot of arguments in the locker room about schools. Uh, yes. So it's always good to have to have somebody there that got your back. And our whole my first few years, like our whole training staff came from Miami. So. Oh really? That was good. <laughs> Yeah, so it was good to have them. Um, you're always going to be arguing about your schools and everything. And it's always good to, you know, have a familiar face, familiar face. So it helped It helped a lot because after that first year, we didn't win too much. So, <laughs> <laughs> so look, you, a lot. You escaped, you escaped hazing in Miami, right? Because they shut it down before you got, I mean, before you got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know you didn't escape it in the NFL. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, you I have, didn't get it that bad. You'd have a like, rookie dinner or anything? You had the carry. Oh, pad? yeah, no, we definitely had that. So we had the rookie dinner. Hated that. I was mad the whole time. <laughs> well, well, like, were they were just ordering whatever. Were you blessed to just only take out the secondary? Yeah, I okay. was blessed to do that. See, so you, you got lucky. I was though. good with that. And, and explain, to, explain to people how the rookie dinner works, Corn, for those that may not know. So, rookie dinner, depending on, I mean, you take your position out to eat. Some people, like the D lineman or O lineman, they might take out everybody. But no, so we took, we went to, where did we go? Where did we go? Then we went to Root Chris. Uh, went to Root Chris and them boys, they just order whatever. I know they was ordering. They ordered. 
every appetizer. <laughs> now, do they take bags biggest home with steak. them too? They, the biggest steak they order to go. <laughs> every side. Anybody getting like Louis and the Thirteenth? They was just ordering shots. There you they go. They was like, they just order like fifty shots. I'm like, it's not even fifty people here. Like, <laughs> and they're just sending them across they the get, table. They, get, they right? get their wine bottles to go to take home to their wives oh, or their girlfriends. Oh my god. So, but but my my rookie dinner wasn't as bad because um, we were good rookies throughout the year. So that that's what they really base it on. If you do if you do your job throughout the year, have snacks, have food for the plane. Then you good, but I knew I know the year after me, our rookies wasn't so good. So the rookie dinner they really like they really went crazy. I remember at the end like they ordered like ten Ace of Spades bottles. Oh, oh man! Yeah, so it was like. And what do you do? Like you gotta pay it. Take your credit card. Yeah, out. ain't nothing you can do. Like that's what you do. You take your credit like, card out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. Take that shit that's out. It. They're, they're still paying what? that bill. Yeah. What's good was what? But now it's. I mean, I haven't really had. Um. Besides that, it wasn't really as bad. You know, I had. I had some good vets when I came in. Um. So. It was. It was cool. Was Cap still there at the time? Cap yeah, Cap was there. Okay. Yeah, that's my boy Cap. Yeah, Cap's uh-huh. a good dude. Cap, good people. Yeah. Yo, listen, you got lucky because when I was in the Chargers, it wasn't by uh, position. The first round, dude's got to take out everybody on the team that's four years or more in the league. And, and and the first round pick from last year that picked up the bill. Wow. And my year was Buster uh, Buster Davis from LSU. And LT gets in the middle of the eating room and just starts saying, like, yo, so we got rookie dinner coming up. Thank you, Buster. We got limos <laughs> are going to pick us up from here. Thank you, Buster. We're going to go to this dinner and this restaurant. Thank you, Buster. I was like, I don't even want to know what that bill is. That's crazy. Holy. The one, nah, they, the one that they said they got the worst was uh, Sean Merriman. His bill was something like 35 k Wow. That's just, that's, that's, I, I would feel bad doing that to someone. Like, I, I, I They couldn't. don't, though. They don't. They don't. They don't. They, don't. they, they lack. And they got the. And they got the most money. And they Hell got the yeah, most they money. Do. That's the thing. <laughs> Hell yeah, they do. And they laugh their ass off too. Like, yeah, Rook, that shit tastes good. You know what I'm saying? Now here's my here's my hundred million dollar contract. I think I'd rather be tied to the pole over here. You get that too. <laughs> we get that too in the league. Oh, you too? get that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They tied John up too. Cam Newton yeah, they, tied his they, ass up. They cut people hair. Yep. Oh, they don't care. Cut your eyebrows. They mean, bro. But see, look, you got away from it at UM. We had that at UM. When I was still there. Yeah, I know. Cut your hair, and then if you didn't dance or sing, they cut your eyebrows. Like, hold you down. And we had fight day, tie you up to poles, leave you there, like, overnight, leave you there. Swayze had to come find people before he left. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one of the baseball players got tied to the cement post over there to the light there. Hell yeah. Everybody's driving by, honking horn. He's, like, wearing a jock strap. You know, that's all, you know. (laughs) Bro, they would leave you overnight taped up all the way to your <laughs> nose and all you could do is mm, mm. yeah that's wild bro they that's were wild. they were nuts so the yeah good old days right you, you got away with it a little bit trust me on that one yeah especially the day we came in the locker room and the lights were all off all of a sudden a cleat would go Phew. you're like what the f- is that and then all of a sudden it's just <laughs> whooping your ass so the freshman gotta <laughs> freshman gotta stick up for each other yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. gotta love it Corn, you've been you've been now I, getting back to the league for a little bit. You've been you just finished your fourth year, if I'm not mistaken, right? 
uh, or fifth? No, this, I just said my fifth. Fifth, sorry, fifth year. Mm-hmm. You've had to battle some injuries, but 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 um, you know, when you've been in the games, you've performed very well. And your last season, now you got into a couple games with with uh, Washington. What do you see? Um, in your future, is it is it in Washington? And what what do you what what's your main goal for this off season? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I signed a contract extension to Washington for another year. Um, so I'll, I'll be here for the another commanders. year. Congrats! And really, just um, I appreciate it. And really, just um, last year during camp, I uh, I injured my hamstring, so I was out for pretty much the whole. The whole um, the whole camp. I uh, played in the last game, the last preseason game. Caught an interception and stuff. So, really, just um, staying healthy. Uh, I had a good offseason last year, so just working on my body a little more. And um, I mean, I'm excited to be in, in Washington for a whole year. And I think some good things coming this year for sure. So, what about that? Uh, how was that name change go over in the locker room? <laughs> his face says it all. Uh, yeah, really. That was yeah, you know. nothing needed to be said there. But for you guys that couldn't yeah, see you know, this, um, we ain't really talked about it too much. Uh, but, oh, do know. we have to salute you now when we see you, now, Commander? Hey, Commander. Man, I don't know. I don't know where it came up with that. Well, but, I, I will say this: know. I like Commander better than Washington football or whatever. No, we, I or, actually, or, I actually like the Washington football team. It took. It kind of grew on me. Yeah, it, it kind of yeah. grew. It on took me. me back to like soccer roots because that's kind of how they say yeah. like that's a soccer club, you know. So to me, Washington football team, I kind of liked it if they, you know, figured out a way to say Washington FC well, or whatever. My first NFL football game was the Washington Redskins. And you can't say that anymore. Yeah. The Washington. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> team that was called the Redskins. <laughs> that was a long time ago, by the way. Okay. The world was a lot different then. Oh, for sure. But it was in like Robert Kennedy Stadium or something like that. And it was down in like I was on the ground, and it was windy and cold. And, but yeah, it was, the Redskins were my team for a while. Sonny Jurgensen and a lot of those guys. But I was old, man. But that stuff doesn't really matter to you, does it, Corn? Uh, like, like I mean, they could call it whatever. I mean, obviously. No, I mean it, it is what it is. Like, right. It's cool. I mean. You get all the jokes. I don't got all the jokes. Like, right. y'all sound like arena team. Y'all sound like the Blister League team. You know, all that. So, but no, man, it's all fun and games. Hey, as know. long as they're writing the check, it doesn't matter what they're called, I'm right? Tell you, you I'm damn straight. You, it automatic. Damn so, straight. Let me see that check every week, that's baby. That's right. You know, uh-huh. at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. I don't care what you call me. Like when they change the name to the Pelicans, I was like, shit, that ch- paycheck look good. You can say Pelicans all day on there for me. Uh huh. Oh man! So I mean, it, just a—I uh, think we we know what your answer to this question is, or maybe we should say uh, probably one of your top top memories from your days at the U's got to be that play versus Duke. Obviously, one of your your one of your biggest memories. But but what else when you think back to those days, Corn? That that pops out in your mind um, outside of that play. Maybe it's a different play. Maybe it's a maybe it's a a a, a specific W or or maybe it's a time in the locker room. What what? What what sticks out in your mind from your days at the U? Um, besides that play, I would definitely say um, the Nebraska game uh, when I caught the pick, the first play overtime to win that game. That's definitely one of my uh, one of my favorite moments. And then um, 
I mean, it, it was a, a lot. I had a lot of great moments in Miami. Uh, just being with my teammates, you know, just exploring Miami. Like, it was definitely coming from Tennessee. It was like a big cultural difference. And I learned I learned a lot, a lot in Miami. Um, I had a lot of fun. Love going back. And but yeah, I, I would say that Nebraska play is probably my favorite, my favorite football moment outside of the um, the return. Yeah, and, and then the, I mean the bowl the bowl win was great. The the bowl win against West Virginia that was that was like an emotional win. You know why? Obviously, I mean it was the first bowl win in ten years. Um, senior year, first bowl win since I was there. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a a rocky season. We started off like three and zero, then we lost three straight, then we won like the last four or five or whatever, something like that. And then, I mean that that was a stepping stone to the next season where them boys, you know, made it to the ACC championship. So definitely felt like we started something good uh, after that win for sure. Oh, you know why you came from Tennessee, Corn? Why? What do you tell a, a recruit now that's maybe choosing between Miami, Alabama, Georgia, and these top SEC teams that Mario's recruiting against for some of these guys? Why? Why should a player come to Miami? Mommies. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Thought you were asking me. I mean, it's the it's the you, man. Like, like you going Everybody talk about you know Alabama, the SEC, or whatever, but. You gonna get to the lead from the U. You go to the U and ball. It's different. Like Miami, the connections you have in Miami, the relationships, the brotherhood. Like getting to meet the former players. I mean, they got Ed Reed working and working in the building. Like you can't beat that. So that's what I mean. You gonna you gonna if you if you can ball, you gonna get to the lead. So why not do it at Miami? It's better to ball to the, the see tradition, you went to the, the tradition in Miami is, is better than anything else. Well, hopefully we get back to the tradition of winning a lot of games and playing for some ships. Don't don't yeah. let us get back there, boy. Our fan base is, is annoying as hell. Imagine, <laughs> oh imagine them if we go into the ACC championship and playoffs. Oh oh I, I, I get thoroughly entertained on Twitter just looking at our fans going back and forth. No, nah, really. Bases. No, nah, really. I love it. They're do, amazing. Do you still follow them, Corn, on, on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They mm-hmm. they make my day every day. I, mean, <laughs> I just crack up all day. They, 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 they definitely crack up, yeah, but they sometimes scare you. You're saying you're really going to post that for yeah. everybody in the world oh, yeah, to no, see for forever sure. and ever? But you know what? You, you just have those human beings where they just don't understand that something shouldn't be, you know, what it, it was Herm Edwards that said, think before you hit send. Right. Like you need mm-hmm. to think before you hit send, but I don't think they ever think. Well, it's like now that they have to they have to post their feeling to get someone to affirm that yes, we think that's a good hire, or yes, we, you know, it's like, dude, that's for you to worry about. Yeah, we don't really care who you want or not want. I mean, like whoever not Mario was going to hire. The past two months. Yeah, it's been. Well, Kane's Twitter has been. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it taking him so long to hire an OC <laughs> to DC? And now he hired, and they're like, "Oh shit, my bad." Yeah, you damn right, you're bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, maybe we should have. Uh, yeah, dude, let him do his job. Yeah, like I was always funny, and they're like, "Oh, we should have got somebody else." The guy that just won the award for the best assistant, you want somebody right. else? Like, right? I I don't I don't get it. And then he stole and the, the DB coach from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Michigan or Georgia. I mean, you're talking about not coming from small programs. You're talking about <sighs> big programs with great winning 
uh, it's just yeah. It just has a playoffs. <laughs> Entertaining to say the least. If if I would have said uh, before, uh, you know, in middle of last season that coming into this year, we would have the AD from Clemson, the head coach from Oregon, the OC from Clem, I mean from Michigan, the DC from uh, Auburn, and the defensive backs coach from the reigning national championships. Do you think any Miami Hurricanes fans would complain? It's right. A, I'll take another glass of that, Brian. You know, like. Yeah, whatever you're drinking, yeah. I need that because you're bottle. smoking crack. Uh, but, <laughs> no, it, you know, look, we all have opinions, number For one. Sure. But some of the – it's just like, are you even educated in this game or understand it? And, look, you said it. Miami is a great place. It is. But it's not for everybody. No. So if you're a, a oh, coach yeah. and you're, you know, you're not even signing up to be interviewed in Miami because you don't want to bring your family here, well, you know. Well, or And players, too. Like, I, right. you, know, you look at some players, especially – I don't know if you've ever dealt with it, corn like hosting um, – uh, recruits, but you just know guys that just aren't going to make it here. You're like, yeah, this dude, oh, yeah. this dude definitely can't come here because he's never going to show up to practice, or he's not going to be, he's not going to be able to go through with it because the streets of Miami can get some of y'all. And we've we've had recruits the last ten years. I think we've had some guys get in some trouble off the field or leave because you have to be blinders here. You have to dedicate yourself to your craft and then enjoy the city of Miami for what it can give you. Because if you can be successful here, all the doors will open up to you. Whether you are you, you're, you're decent at Miami, and then all of a sudden you become a great pro. When you come back to Miami, the city's yours. Right. I mean, yeah. literally, city, concerts, any restaurants you want to go to, clubs, walk in, VIP. I mean, the city is yours. Yeah, you can go back to Tuscaloosa. That's great. Enjoy that. You go back to the trailer park up in Tallahassee. That's cool. But you're gonna move <laughs> here and enjoy this city. So, like you said, why not ball for the U? And you see so many former players when their years, when their days are done in the league, that they weren't even from Miami. Oh, they come back here and live. DJ Williams yeah. still lives here. Yeah. Like they all live everybody, here. everybody it's, lives it's here. It's warm here. It's nice. I've been to Miami as much as I can. Hell yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of good. As much as I can. We got a lot of good decorations. So why wouldn't you come down here? <laughs> but no, like like you like you were saying, like it's it's not for everybody. Like nah. It's definitely not. I mean, I had it when I was in when I was there. Um, I hosted a I hosted a recruit from my hometown, and like I I took him out and stuff. And after the visit, I was like, you ain't gonna <laughs> "Don't come here! Don't come here!" <laughs> <laughs> Why? Like, you, could, he, you just knew he couldn't handle it. Yeah, I mean, it, like it's it's different. Like you have to like you have to be strong minded to to go down there and. I just knew him, and I was like, yeah, you're going to go crazy down here. So just visit and, and on I, spring I break. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Not every kid is meant to be no. in Miami, but our fan base, oh, yeah. we go back for to sure. oh, we should be coming to Miami. It's like, dude, it's not for everybody. No. And we, yeah. you know, the, even the big guys, the five stars that, that don't sign, look, if they don't want to be Miami Hurricanes, we don't want them. We don't want to force a guy on social media to come to our school. We want him to come here because he wants to be a Hurricane, and he's going to give 110%. And he's going to go to the league and be successful there as well. That's it. And then he comes home, has a nice crib, right. raises family, or does like me and Doesn't plays shovel. the field for 30 years. <laughs> Plus, whatever, whatever works. He's still for you, going man. strong. Stop, still going strong, goddamn. <laughs> still going strong, baby. <laughs> That's why we love you, Brian. All right. Well, Corn, you know, we appreciate the time. We don't hold you up some more. I know you got a lot of uh, chilling to do right now, you know, in Charlotte and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we appreciate right. it. Stay healthy. Have a good offseason. Yes, sir. Appreciate, you, appreciate you. Thank you, Corn. All right. Yep.
What can I say, man? Miami, we have a lot of decorations, okay? We do. No, there's just a lot of temptations, man. It there's, is, there's but you know what? It, 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 and that's where you need team accountability. That's what too. I was just about to say. You have to have the right locker room. Yep. Because we haven't had that type of locker room where guys policed each other. Yep. You know, like, I, I always tell people, like, we were scared in the locker room at times. Oh. They're like, what you talking about? I'm like, oh, bro, yeah. you were, like, walking on eggshells at times because the dudes that were ahead of you. You were like, all right, shit, I know who that is. I got to go, okay, I got to live up to this. I got to compete with this. And it pushed you more to say, okay, accountability. I know we say that word all the time. But to me, when it comes to any college sport or anything in life, the more you're accountable for you and your actions, the more you're going to succeed. Yep. It's a lip service. We know we have a lot of that around. But the more guys that are accountable and you have a teammate that holds you accountable that says, hey, let's go run extra. Hey, yeah. let's go do film. Hey, don't do that shit. Those morning one tens. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I heard that oh. everyone everyone reeked of alcohol. Everyone, all right, throwing up in bushes and all of that. But everyone finished. You had to finish them, and if you didn't finish, then you weren't going out. Look, with, we with had, with we, the, we got the stories again. of dudes dragging dudes out the house and stuff like yeah. that just to get there. And I remember I didn't drink alcohol in in, in college, so. When I would be in the huddle. That's why he's making up for it. Yeah, I'm making <laughs> yeah. up for it now. I'm like, damn, what the hell did y'all do last <laughs> Shit, this thing reeks in here, boy. But you know what? Everybody hit their times yep. because you work your ass off because the best feeling in the world is winning. Yep. And when you win in Miami, oh, oh my God. No, nothing's better. It is better. 10 times better Our than losing. Our gr- base grows by t- 20, 30 percent. Oh, easy. 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 100%, really. Yeah, but, easy. But, but see, the other thing that people have to remember is coaches have 20 hours a week with the players yep. during the season. You take three hours off for the football game, now you're at 17 hours. So if your teammates aren't holding you accountable and you're not holding them accountable, it's easy to see things slip away or not be successful. Mm-hmm. And that really is the key. It, and you're having team leaders and having guys hold one another accountable. And we've had it on this show numerous times with guys talking about, you know, we. we we got in fights, we hazed, whatever it was, but if you weren't showing up at 6 o'clock for that practice, you were told you better show up. And it worked, not, though. It, it yep. did work. It worked. Like, everyone talks about, oh, hazing is so bad. I'm like, no, it's not, man. It's not like what you think about these frat boys and no. drinking and all this craziness. Like, no. you. It, it almost, like, was a bonding moment for freshmen. Like, yes, some of us knew each other. We played against each other. But it's not, it's not like nowadays where everybody's on social media, like, tagging their boy. Oh, what's up, man, on Twitter. Then they have all these seven-on-seven seven camps. We didn't have that back in the day. We had, like, the Nike camp. You know, that was it. And then Florida-Georgia game, so people got to know each other there. But to really bond, you had to go save your boy. He's getting his ass whooped. So jump in there. You might get your ass whooped, too, but then you hope the other freshmen come help you out. And that's how you really bonded, and you really grew. So – I think they miss that now, not having small things like that. So let me ask yeah, you and I think it's also, again, social media and just oh, this no, you generation. Can't. No, no, everything will be on a camera but, and everyone put it out there. But here, here's the other question, okay? Now with the NIL and with transfer portal. Harry loves the transfer he, portal. He, he loves and it. Can, the I, can NIL. I ask the question? He, he, you, you love loves it. it. Like, he's got to bring it up every, every second. Every second. The, Go ahead, Harry. Go look, ahead. At, look at him. Man, look at him. Getting frustrated. But here's the thing. We talked about building a bond and a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. With those two th- things now occurring, will it be harder for teams to have that depth, that brotherhood, that, that camaraderie that they had? Because 
they may not be there for a year, or this guy's making a hundred grand, then I'm making ten grand. I, do I don't think the NIL would do that because you build you build bonds with people that you're in work with and whether they make more money than you. The transfer portal, yes, because people move now more freely. But I don't think I'm I don't think players are going to have problems. Well, you got a fifty thousand dollar NIL deal and I got a forty thousand, so I'm not going to talk to you. I don't know, maybe, but I don't see that being so much the issue. I think uh, to be able to bond, you you need time, and that happens over, you know, years and going through those freshman experience, sophomore experiences, whatever, and games. So people jumping from team to team, maybe that affects it, but I don't know. I don't see the NIL being a problem in that respect. I could be wrong. Um, I think at first it starts with Coach Cristobal and building that um, the locker room dynamic that way you know, where you want to stay and compete. And, you know, I know we live in a culture world where everybody wants to get up and go to the next place, but they're going to soon learn that not everybody gets another spot right. at a different college. Um, you need to stay and compete. But no matter what, you're going to have guys that are disgruntled year in and year out. We had it back in the day. Always will. You just really didn't have the transfer portal, so you just kind of got pissed off and sat on the sideline, you know. Um, I think it's going to take Coach Cristobal first and foremost to, to create that dynamic, and then it's going to take the leaders that are coming up, right, the Tyler Van Dykes of the world, the James Williams of the world, you know, the big-time guys to hold each other accountable. Um, as far as brotherhood, you're always going to have that because that's your boy, right? So when it comes to the money, it's never going to split up people to say, like, oh, well, you got 50000 I only got forty. That's That's not going to happen, right? Because back in the day, Shit was already happening anyways. Right, yeah. So everybody knew who was getting a handshake from this guy and be like, well, damn, how come he got this and that? Like, nobody cared because you're almost going to be more of like, I'm going to bet you that I'm going to have more tackles than you. I'm going to bet you that I'm going to have more statistical games than you. That's how we're going to make it fun. Or that's how I'm going to take some money away from you. Right. We had dudes that would bet all the time, especially our linebackers. And I remember Vilma telling him one of the stories where he didn't want to get out the game. And they were like up forty eight nothing, and they're like, "Get out, get out!" He's like, "Hell no, nah, I ain't getting out this game, bro. I'm just having my stats." <laughs> I, I need some stats. And bro. it actually creates more competition. It makes it more fun oh, yeah. for the guys. I again, you're always going to have a couple on every team that's going to be jealous or envious or the disgruntled guy. That's it's any situation. When you have a hundred kids, it's going to happen. Right. I just think core. It's not going to happen. It's not going to break up a team dynamic. Will there be some fights here and there? I'm sure. It's, we're, we're dealing with teenagers and, and young adults. So it's going to happen. But as far as, like, a brotherhood, it, especially at Miami, since now with Crystal Ball, you're going to have so many of these older guys coming in and literally look you in your face and say, you think $50,000 is going to do anything for you? Shit ain't going to do nothing for you. After taxes, you ain't going to have nothing. So you better bust your ass. And they're just going to talk to them about, where the real money is, where you really want to get to. How do you get there? How do you prepare there? How do you become a pro? I just think that you're never, you're not going to have that issue down here just because they're going to have so many resources and so many guys to talk to, to educate them, to ask questions like we were able to, where you would see a uh, Ed Reed and Reggie Wayne working out and be able to say, hey, what'd you do on this? How do I do this? I think that's how it's going to be again here. And I just don't think 30,000. I mean, think about it like this. How many dudes do you think on the team really are making 30000 Not that many. Not a lot. It's not It's not going to be a lot because that's not how – it's like the same thing in the league, right? Well, the well there are more NIL deals right now, from what I understand, the University of Miami than there are for the Heat, the Marlins, the Panthers, yeah. and Dolphins combined. Well, yeah, because 
big brands understand that I have a marketing budget and I'm not just going to splurge it around on the backup. The backup does nothing for me. And I think that's where these companies are going to learn that most, we talked about it before, most of these kids are going to make your money on local businesses, posting about a restaurant, you know, alumni helping you out with a company or something, using your social media platform to propose for a company. The big-time dogs are going to be the big-time dogs, the quarterbacks, the big-time receiver, the big defensive guy. Like, I mean, look at the dude from USC that just got the beats by Dr. Dre. He's the one guy in college football beats by Dr. Dre. He's the quarterback for the Trojans. I get it. Now, if Tyler Van Dyke all of a sudden lights it up, we go and we, let's say we make it to the ACC championship and we lose a nail-biter and we go to the Orange Bowl. Tyler Van Dyke will probably get a whole bunch of NIA deals because he's a quarterback. of course. And he deserves it. Now, it's the same dynamic in pros. Well, why does the left tackle get more money than right tackle? Because that's a position that they say is more glorified. Right. So you're never going to – it's not going to be bickering about little change because these young men will understand that, yes, this helps my family out right now. It makes me feel more comfortable I can send money back home. But the, the end goal is life-changing. This is not life-changing money. This is yeah, make well, you feel comfortable. Some of these guys, it might be. There's a few of them out there. Well, again, you might have five every year in the whole college football. The, thousands the of people. I, is I get an NIL deal at Miami, and I get X. And next year, I know that I can go here and take the transfer portal and get more somewhere else. Again, you can do that, but it's not going to be life-changing money. And then you have to learn a new scheme. And then you have to learn new that's players. I don't know why. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, you talk right. about and it. And you got to lock that deal up beforehand. With, I mean, it's not. It's just not that easy either, right? Like, oh, some, I've got. At I've, some at some point, there has to be some regulations. Yeah. All fifty states cover it, and I just don't hear it being discussed. At least. Well, I just think it's it's new, so it's everything is you know trial and error. But the companies are going to get. We have an attorney here. The companies are going to get real smart with their attorneys. Okay, yeah. You play you play for Miami. You get X, Y, and Z for this year or for a two year deal. If you transfer, you're paying back this money, or you lose X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that, that that contract's terminated. And, yeah, and, and you, you said it a second ago, and I think it's you know first off, Coach Cristobal is going to set a standard. And a, a culture that yeah. he wants his team to have, okay? And he's going to say, listen, you guys do whatever you want in NIL, but that's not coming to this locker room. When we start playing or practicing, we're talking about football here at the University of Miami. And you're either all in or you're not type of thing. But then you talk about making sure that the university slash somebody is educating these 100%. kids. 100%. To know that, you know, Mr. Taxman's not knocking at your door. 100%. Or that you don't have Platon saying, listen, I, 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 here's a lawsuit going against you. 100%. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. Because that's the worst thing that can happen for these kids. Which they do have a program at UM to educate them. Right. And hopefully these you know, agents are educating them as well. And it looks like um, John Ruiz is doing a good job, yeah, as, far as, job as far as educating as the young man. And I love seeing what he's doing for all the athletes. Um, because that's the right way to do it as a business. Educate them. Teach them about life after sports. Because most of these people aren't going to make life-changing money in sports. It's just percentages. And I'll, I'll end it like this. You know, what they'll learn, and this is how we looked at it back in the day, we didn't have the NIL deals, but we had draft. The more you win, the more guys get drafted. Yep. We had third-string linebackers being taken in the fifth and sixth round when I was coming out and playing for six, seven years in the league. Buck Bears. Ortega went and played for Darryl six, McGlover. seven. Exactly. And same thing with NIL deals, especially in Miami. If you win – 
Boy, the third string long snapper is going to get a deal yep. because everybody's going to want something to do with the U on their helmet. But the first thing you have to do is win. That's right. You got to play hard, work hard. Speaking of that, okay, this weekend, are we getting three guys into the Hall of Fame? Three? I don't think so. I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna jip. Um, it's probably gonna be um, uh, with Dre because he's a receiver, and then the first year receivers are only been like four of them, I think, of all time. You think Dre gets in and Reggie I don't th- doesn't? I don't think Dre gets in first ballot. I don't think so. No. I think Devin should. Devin should. Should. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. I think we only get one, honestly. And I think it's either Reggie or, or Devin. I don't think we get three or two. I'd be nice to get two. It'd be great, wouldn't but it? But I think I, – I just think with the position, receivers, Dre's going to have to wait second ballot. Reggie might have to wait third ballot, but Hester should get first ballot at worst – Second, well, we find out tomorrow, right? Yeah. Thursday. 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 Thursday release everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably next show we'll talk about the coaching staff since it yeah. should be done. So we'll chop it up about that next week. Let's do it. We'll do it. All Had right. A great show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. Good seeing you again. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. And we'll see uh, next week. What do we have? Should we say it? Should we, we say? It? Yeah. yeah. Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett. Ford Four two himself. Yep. Yeah, I used to run a four two as well. <laughs> Then I woke up. (laughs) All right, Canes fans, until next time.